0: Good morning, this is Talking
2: Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, Manchester United writer and producer, I'm joined as always by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to talk over, I was going to say another difficult week at Manchester United, but in keeping with last week, because we said, well, we got two wins to talk about, at least we've got consistency to talk about, so another consistent a week because we've got two draws. Um, Paul, how are you doing? Are you alright? Yeah, I'm fine, thank
1: you, Wayne. So,
2: what games did you get to see at the weekend?
1: Well, obviously, I saw the game on Saturday. I was working on that one in studios um, um, in London, and then I was at West Ham yesterday.
2: Okay, so yeah. you saw something good then? <laughs>
1: I saw it, it was yeah, it was it was it was it was quite decent, really. Well, yeah.
2: Second half, yeah, intriguing, I should say. Um, and the, I watched the League Cup final, which you know, rocking a hard place. Who do you want to win that game? Um, certainly not Liverpool, but um, unfortunately, two teams can't lose a cup final. Um, <laughs> funny to see after watching the Europa final with the hair and all the criticism that he got, and then seeing what Kepper with his, um, you know, obviously he's passed with the League Cup final, and then coming on and everything like that. I mean, it takes something to have a worse penalty shootout than what De Gea had. And I think he managed it, um, which is unfortunate. But, you know, it's what it is. Nice to see teams celebrating trophies. Um, I forgot what that's like. Um, Anyway, if you're watching on on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Um, If you're watching on Facebook and, and YouTube, feel free to get your comments and questions in. If you're watching the replay, do say hello. And and feel free to comment because we still do reply to those. Um, Comments after the show um, airs live. And if you're listening back on the audio, please be sure to um, give us a review on the platform you're listening on and, of course, subscribe as well. Right. So, dull, 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 dull. That's Manchester United's last week. And I know that people sometimes think I'm a little bit too critical. Both of us sometimes, you know, and... I refuse to go there this week. I'm going to go somewhere a little bit different. I'm going to deal in the realm of... what I feel like we. I try and do this anyway, but be a little bit more conscious of it to be constructive with the way that I'm dealing with what we talked about. So, obviously, the results and performances speak for themselves. On one hand, you could say that the Atletico result was a good one if the performance was not. Because if you look at it from a purely um, simple point of view, you've had a bad performance, you've brought on a young kid, He scored a late equaliser, and you've got parity for the second leg. So you're not in any problems. You can start again. In olden days, that, <laughs> olden days, any day before this season, it would have been deemed a better result because we've got an away goal. Um, not in effect anymore. Before we talk about the weekend, I want to talk about the the. I don't even know what you would say. It's not really a criticism; it's an observation because, and it's something I'll bring up about Saturday's game as well. Um, It'll be the first thing that I talk about with Saturday's game, but um, the thing that I want to talk about from the Champions League game, Paul. Apart from anything else, well, let let's start. I'll, I'll get into the constructive criticism side of it in a moment. Start with the positive. Alanga coming on. Um, I talked to Sammy McElroy last week and he he, told, he praised Alanga's temperament for coming into the situation he did against Leeds and scoring for coming on um, in Spain and scoring as he did. I mean, that that's. I'm still not entirely sure about Alanga, what his ceiling is, how good he is. But at the moment, when you've got a player who can come in do the simple things on Fussy in the way that he did in those two games especially in in Madrid Um, you've got to praise him for that haven't you it it takes a lot to come into that situation and and, and make the difference like he did.
1: He does and I think he's a lad who's um, who's got that kind of that that bit of arrogance about him, a good kind of arrogance in the way he plays he believes in his own ability when he comes on the park and his form up until the Minnesbury game when he got left out of the game then brought on and then mm. missed the penalty, I still didn't understand why he wasn't starting. He's a young boy doing well, and you keep playing him, especially when the people in front of him are playing poorly. Mm. And that's the bit they sometimes, you know, because the younger ones of that today have got a little bit more to say. They don't kind of, they're not maybe as respectful as what younger players were back in the day to pros. And, you know, they're they, you know they quite outlandish in, their, in the way they act. And I just think, Someone like him should have been playing, and then after that, then he again he doesn't really give him a good run. And then the form of Rashford and Sancho, you're kind of asking the question, why isn't this lad starting games? And then again, you see that when he comes on, he goes, he gets straight into it. He doesn't, he doesn't just take a minute or two or ten. He gets straight into it. He's looking to get in the ball when he wants to, re, wants to, he wants to be proactive. Which yeah. United aren't. In that front line, they're not proactive. It's kind of just think about it when we get there and we see what happens after. And he's not like that. He tries to make things happen. Some of the things he does is a little bit wrong, goes down a little bit too easy. In situations you want him to keep it, yeah. at least earn an honest foul or get beyond somebody. But um he he's he's done really well and he needs to start games regular now. I think yeah. it's it's obvious to every fan out there that they see him. And he kind of gets people a little bit on their chair, because they off their chair slightly, because they they know that he wants to get past somebody. Yeah. And when he makes a run forward, he, he actually runs and he actually makes a pass for people. Where before, yeah. you know, as we know, with a little bit of Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford would wait for the pass and then run. And in that moment, a bad defender was still <laughs> will actually look a good defender. Yeah. If you you know, and he make and and that's why sometimes it does make it easier for midfield players is they know and believe that someone's actually going to be making a run. You just put you just hit an area, as generally, Fernandez was doing quite you know quite early on when he first joined United. He made it he made a big difference in turning teams round. So, Elanga has to start in a yeah. wide area, and then Rashford and, San, and uh, Sancho can fight for the other spot because. You might say Sancho would just be in front. There is signs that he's, You see little glimpses. You didn't see it when he came in the south the other day. Ran, and around in circles. Mm. To be perfectly honest, but him and him and Rashford are, are fighting for you know for another spot to play regularly. But that says where United are in this moment because they've got two players. One a local boy who's having a bad bad time. One who's coming for seventy odd million. Who's still Still trying to find his feet to be Perfume, on. it's not seen any anywhere near that. But um, there's still a way to go for Sancho, but it's going to happen. Happen has to happen soon, and it has to happen consistently because that's why you paid seventy million pound for.
2: It. Yeah. Um. One one last thing on a before we move on, the the timing of the finish to take it as early as he did in Spain, that shows a player. You already mentioned with the self confidence you know, the belief to take something as early as that, because, you know, take it first time, you know, I I just thought I was made up for him on on Wednesday. I thought he he was brilliant and I thought it was a great finish.
1: It was, and what he's gone and done is put a ball like that pass and it caught out a great goalkeeper. Yeah. Because that's one thing, you know, you talk about Atletico, what they used to be as such, they're still on that same framework, but they just haven't got the quality Mm -hmm. of what they used to have before. But it's still a you know a hard side to beat, but the goalkeeper is the one, you know, the one player that everyone would always talk about. There's so you know, talk about him coming to the coming to the Premier League. On many occasions they talked about him. Obviously it hasn't materialised, but he's a, a really good goalkeeper. And by doing what he'd done, he gave himself the best opportunity to score. Another touch, and he would have been closed down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it was fantastic. Um so move on to the um Segment of the show, which I shall call the Constructive Criticism Corner. The first thing I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about is Lindelof playing at right back. Now, he, I thought, and then you know, I've been one of the biggest critics of Lindelof. I thought he played his best game for us at Leeds. I thought he was fantastic, not not just because of the assists, uh, the, the the pre-assist uh, they call it these days, but the the general performance in in difficult conditions. I thought he was brilliant, and he has been good for some time. And he was brilliant on Sunday. Obviously, the the selection on Wednesday was done to keep him in the side to, to make sure that he's rewarded for the performance. But he plays at right back. We've seen him play at right back before. We know it doesn't work. This is the problem. The problem is a process when you get a new manager. And when everyone's clamoring for the new manager to come in and to do new things, the issue that you get with any new manager is that they want to see the options available to them. So that means going through the things that you've already seen before that don't work. One of them now being Lindelof at right back, he's been thinking, right? obviously seen him move forward with the ball and he thinks, Oh, do you know what? It might be an option at right back. And Lindelof's obviously going to say, yes, yeah he wants to keep his place in the team. And then we see what we saw because he's not a right back and he doesn't do in any favours. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about what I saw the weekend, which fits into this category. But that's what it seemed to be, didn't it, Paulie? It seemed to be very much a case of, I can't drop this player. I'm not really convinced on Dalot or Wambasaka. And really, Wambasaka played well at Ellen Road and he should have kept his place. Re- that's, that's the way that I see it.
1: I don't know why you felt he had to make an unforced change in the back line. The way the back line's been, you try to keep a bit of continuity as best you can. Yeah. and to make a, a big change like that to take him from where he's been comfortable and mostly this season has been manchester united's best center half most consistent center half when he's been in there. Yeah. i never thought i'd be saying that but yeah as i always believe that you i'm willing to do is eat, eat humble pie and he's mm-hmm. proved himself and he's earned the right to be a regular player the argument should be who should he play with now you know okay. but um put him at right back and he just didn't look comfortable. And yes, when it's all well and good talking about someone who runs out of the ball, as he did against Leeds on two occasions and look comfortable and in control of what he's doing, looking composed, doing it in the middle of the park, because there's more areas you, you can duck into to get yourself away from people. But in a wide area, it's a different way of playing because there's, there's something called a touch line and line. Mm. And all of a sudden it becomes like a narrow corridor and it's a different way different way of playing, different way of defending. He's, um, it's a different quickness of mind to yeah. being the second half. And I played a lot of games in the middle for Queen's Park Rangers. In fact, I played all my games in the middle for Queen's Park Rangers. And then I had to learn to become a fullback again when I come back to United. And it, and it took me a little while to get back to it because the whole, the whole game changes. Now, we have to say, is that Victor Lindelof has been doing that. That's all his career. He's in the middle, not yeah. a right back. So he can do a job, but when you're talking the game like that, and the actual thinking of it would goes with defending because it's not about making big tackles, it's about being in the right areas, to stop pass, passes going to a certain place and trying to force the player across or backwards. It was it was difficult for him and it, 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 I don't you know, we talk about his manager's great tactician. Well I'll tell you what, be brave enough to make a this big decision and say, I'm gonna put a natural right back there in a the game away from home in Europe and I'm gonna make a decision on who's gonna play with Victor Lindelof. Yeah. That's yeah. what he should have done.
2: Yeah, and he didn't. And, well, we saw, I mean, it was a poor performance, not just a ride back. And and I'm not throwing Lindelof under the bus for that. I just think, like, all around the team, obviously we had poor performances. And Reinick saw that because the thing that he did in the second half is make five changes. Um That's the manager who's admitted that he's going wrong from the start. Um And he was critical of the performance after. Um, That takes us on to the weekend. I don't really think there's much more we can say about Manchester United nil watford nil that we haven't seen in other games this season. It is infuriating to see a team playing this way. I've already covered it um, in the match report that's on the website, um, and I think I've been very, very critical of of it there. And I, I just look at that, and I look at a team who should have been able to put away one of the worst sides in the division, and I'm not surprised that they didn't. The reason why is because they can't control games in midfield. The four ex-United players probably played better than any current United player. Um, they, They put in a performance that was worthy of the stage that they were playing on, whereas none of these players who were representing United seemed to do that. And this is the problem that you've got with this team, is... Is it a matter of application? Is it a matter of will? Because if you're giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying it was the manager last time round, then you've got to look at all the variables. Is this a team who has got enough pride about their own performance to put in a shift? This opponent battered them in November and they're one of the worst teams in the league. Really, in Premier League history, there aren't many worse teams. They're round about the bottom. They're They're a mess. They're not really good. It took... Basic organisation from Roy Hodgson, which we knew they were going to get, to to outsmart us. It's embarrassing for these players. It's embarrassing for the players. It's, It's not a matter of management. This is where the players need to take responsibility because in any form in which that squad of players is sent out, they should be able to take control of a game like that. And they started quite well. They looked like they were going to score a couple. And then you sort of knew after half an hour when those chances started to dry up and once Watford got a little bit of confidence in the play, you knew that United were going to struggle because what happens after 20 minutes, instead of being patient, Fernandez is already gambling. Pogba's already taking a chance in possession. And the game wore on Paul and then Rangnick's making his changes and fair play to him. He made all the right changes. He, you know, he went to attack and, and try and, and win the game. But he ends the game with Fernandez and Pogba in midfield. And again, I'm going back to Lindelof at right back, an experiment that we've seen doesn't work. We know that Pogba and Fernandez don't work in a midfield anyway, as, as individuals. So why on earth he thought that they were going to work in a pair when you needed to get a breakthrough? At that moment in time, you've got Pogba who is really going to take a chance on the ball. He's not really doing what you want him to do. When when you're in the last 10 minutes of a game, how often do you need Pogba on the ball in the middle of the park? You need him. If you're going to have him on the pitch at all in that situation, you're going to need him really in the, one of the attacking positions. Fernandez is taking chances he shouldn't be taking in the 20th minute, let alone the 80th or 90th, summed up by what he does in the like last kick of the game. He's taking a, a pot shot from 30 yards as, as literally... No chance of going in, he's in it out of frustration. I mean, what this is another thing that's frustrating me about, and maybe I don't know, maybe this is a good thing that Ragnik's seen this and he's tried it and he's failed. But when you're trying these players in midfield, Pogba and Fernandez, is this a do we criticize the manager for that? Or are we or do we say at this point in time it doesn't really matter? He's seen it, It's it's something that he's seen and he's not going to try again, hopefully which is all well and good saying that, but he's not going to be here in six months. He's not going to be the manager in 12 months, so it doesn't matter what he's getting wrong. Well, it does matter what he's getting wrong now because he's not going to have the chance to rectify it. In six months' time, like I said, Pogba stays. We might see a new manager think, oh, do you know what? We should try Lindelof at right back or we should try Pogba and Fernandez in midfield again. It's, it's so frustrating to see. And Paul, without wanting to labour the point about, oh, it's Watford, blah, 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 but Pogba and Fernandez in midfield, yes, you, you can blame the manager for it. But they, if they can't beat Watford, if they can't fashion <clears> the <throat> chances to beat Watford in in their position, that's an indictment on those those two as players, right? They can't they can't shy away from that. They've got to take the responsibility for it.
1: Yeah, um, I have to um, suffer watching um, Watford midweek. I was at working at the um, Watford v Crystal Palace game. Yeah, And I saw Crystal Palace in theory, and I'm going to turn around, I'll give Watford 20 minutes of that game. And that started from when they equalised, soko okay, equalised off of what I'm going to say was poor goalkeeping. That he got his head up about a yard off the line in front of um, Jack Butland's. But other than that, Crystal Palace dominated Watford. This Palace scored four goals away from home, to be honest. And it could have maybe been a little bit more, a little bit maybe naivety. Um, they just got absolutely had Palace had two wide players Elise 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 whatever you want to call him fantastic player honestly incredible every time I what I want to watch him play just by how he floats with the ball yeah. that's another story and he had Zaha on the other side Zaha mostly had his most disciplined game I've ever seen him have for Crystal Palace I don't know if it was out of respect trying to you know for Roy and Ray right. Lewington he might have been that way but. he... 'Cause what there's a love hate with him, Harry the Hornet and Watford fans. They every time he got it he booed, he never reacted and he did it with the ball, scored two goals, two good goals. But Watford were for so I'm so when people are talking to me prior to that about Watford, Wait a Manchester United, my words are yes, United should win, but if they do win, it's gonna be a difficult game. And then all of a sudden people are looking at me and I pick myself. I think I'm a sceptic. People just think, oh no, for some reason he's jealous of United, but whatever. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that I'm saying the truth about it and what I what I expect to happen because as you said at the top of everything, United don't dominate the ball. <clears throat> Palace dominated the ball against Watford. Crystal Palace. A team that's before this season didn't want the football football under Roy Hodgson. They wanted to play in the counter and hope that Wilfred Zaha could nick a goal or Ben Teke would break his duck and score a goal. That's how mm-hmm. Palace played and hope they could win 1-0. But, but against Watford, <laughs> you just think yourself, United, like you mentioned about Fernandes. I worry about Fernandes. I, I, when they signed him, I turned around and, and when I saw him, I thought, to myself, wow, why has it taken him so long to get a, to a club of the magnitude of Manchester United? And I'm starting to see why. Because he has got a discipline problem in the way he plays. He plays as an individual. When things ain't going right, and as you mentioned about that, you know, ambitious shot at the ends, that is him. He's ill-disciplined in what he does. He's not effectively a team player when it comes to it. And then the other point of it, which you mentioned, was about the fact of the manager, you know, saying he's not going to be there in six months' time. That is, that is the major, major problem. There is not a shining light for everyone to look to with personal problems or anything that's going on. They're not going to bother go and talk to someone who they believe is not going to be there or be in the same position. So everyone's holding everything in or some of them are letting it out with the attitude of, well, you're not here anyway, I'm not fussed. Yeah. You know, it's just the club is in a seesaw position and this is Manchester United
2: we're talking about. You were Paul, on that situation there, and you're so right in, in everything that you've just said, but even without the manager, when you look at like the games that United have had and they should have killed off and they haven't won Southampton at home, Wolves at home, they, this one, you've, those players, it doesn't matter that the manager is not going to be there in six months. And you can see, and we'll get on to Ronaldo in a minute, but you can see we've got Champions League football still to play for. I know, like, it's not a trophy, whatever, but these players are like, I don't think, did they realize that? that's been away, he's not going to be there, so what, they're not going to have Champions League football in a few months, like, they, some of them care about it, Ronaldo cares about it, because that's his ice level, he wants to still be there, he doesn't want his career to go down the pan, you know, and I'm not saying that he was, I'm not saying he was good, by the way, on Sunday, Saturday, he most definitely was not, but the point remains, there's a lot of these players who, I don't understand where, I just don't understand what they're, Priorities because he doesn't seem to be themselves. He doesn't seem to be united. Do you know what I'm saying with that? Because it's it way too critical? I, I just I don't understand because he's so passive, and they don't care. But they have to care because these are years of their peak of their career, Ronaldo's like way past his peak. You've got Fernandez and Pogba. They're playing. They're either playing for a move. They're playing for a new contract. They're playing for. They've got to be playing for something. But it doesn't like doesn't look like they are.
1: I just think football's, fo- footballers are different now in that sense. I mean, if I'd have played, you know, five years at United, and I could have had the best five years of my life, and I did have a great five years there. But I had the added bonus that so I walked away with something to put away, put away in the cabinet. Yeah. And that's the bit. And that's the bit that keeps my relationship with everything I do is that. Is that. Is that what I won? You know, everything about that. The England bit comes into it, but it's about that. But if I'd have not won anything at United, it would have been, oh, he played for United. You know, the greatest thing you can do is go to a club like Manchester United or a club in that same bubble and go and achieve. Go and achieve and know that and you walk away with something. I think in certain ways, if you're at a club like that and you walk away with nothing, then I would turn around and say that there's something wrong that you was with the wrong people or you were the wrong person and you ruined something because you don't go to, you don't end up at a club like that and then should feel, you shouldn't feel happy or content if you walk away with nothing, nothing in a bag when you walk away because you'll be forgotten and that's the last thing I think any player would want to be doing if they went to a club yeah, like Manchester United but I don't think a lot of them are bothered. They'll walk away and they'll be quite happy and look what they've done and they think that's okay because they've got you know, they've got signed shirts and everything, and they, they, you know, they can tell people what they've got. They can show people their maybe their cars or houses they've got and talk about that. But after a while, that gets a bit boring because generally you find that most people want to talk who you meet. You know, if someone could take them forward 20, 25 years on from where they are, and they're in, in this position, they could actually see how their life is. I think yeah. they might understand it. Because as much as anything now, when someone comes up and they talk about something like that, where before while you're playing, you're kind of going, oh, but enough make a difference? enough give you a little bit of a, a kind of a buzz to think, wow, someone, oh, they recognise you without your hair and things like that, or you're yeah. 20, 30 years older. And it, it is a, it's a good feeling. But I don't think these players get it. I think they believe that now where they are, that's it. And as you talk about, as you mentioned, is that these players? these it is about the players now because they've had some of them have been through quite a number of managers at one football club, yeah. and I wouldn't. If that football club was, I e, say Watford, the the worst, know, the, the worst maybe in the world with managers. You think yeah. yourself, yeah, well, that's that's what they're all about. But it's Manchester United. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, and it's almost. It's almost like carbon copy, and what happened after Samat, really, in certain ways, the was, way the club are going through that. But I don't know if we can question the players then at that given time on that side of it.
2: Paul, you're reading my mind. I was about to say all this. Like I've been lucky enough, obviously, you know, to work with a lot of those players, mm-hmm. and and obviously through that, I've had so many conversations with um fans who, who were alive and they saw those guys playing you can tell by the footage and everything that you've seen that even when the club went down when they played in the second division when they came back up and they weren't challenging for the league there was a connection with the fans and the support because of the football that they wanted to play and because of the pride that they had in the in the position that they were in. And I don't and I'm gonna put this one to you Paul and I wonder if you know even under under Sir Alex even in the latter days, so let's talk 2009, let's talk Ronaldo, Rooney, Tevez. Even in those days, you had a balance of maybe seven or eight players who were going to do the donkey work. They were going to do the leg work. They didn't want to be the one. It didn't matter if they were the one who scored the goal. They, They were the eight or nine players doing the donkey work around so that the one or two stars in the team would shine. And I think it was represented when he brought off Matic. And maybe, you know, Matic was getting a bit leggy, again, a bit tired. But Matic is a donkey work player. He does the unfussy stuff. He's going to try and find the pass. He's going to try and find the breakthrough. He's not necessarily going to go for the screamer in the same way. He doesn't want to be the one looking for a highlight reel. He's not that kind of player. Whereas you've got seven or eight, maybe even seven or eight players, even the defenders, and maybe even Luke Shaw, maybe even Harry Maguire, the way that, they pass the ball and they try and be like, you know, Maldini or Beckenbauer or something when they're not players who don't understand their own limitations and they try to be something that they're not, they're only careful, they're only looking at their own eye like real. Back in, even in your day, when you were playing, but you guys were all brilliant and I'm not just saying that because basically you sat here and you were my first team who I absolutely fell in love with. But there were still functional players who were doing things. like They were they were doing the donkey work, knowing that they weren't going to be the one who got on the end of the cross. So, you know what I mean? They were doing it for each other. They were getting that goal for each other, winning the game. And then if the game was won, then some of the exhibition football would come out. Or if, if the foam was up and the exhibition football would come out. Sometimes I look at these players and I think that they're trying exhibition football and they're nowhere near exhibition football. There's, you've got to prove... It doesn't matter if you can do a trick on the ball. You've got to prove that you can actually put the ball in the net and, and actually win the game. And I know, no, again, I'm going down this route of being too critical, but the balance is wrong is what I'm trying to say. On on Saturday, you've ended up with, let's say, Sancho, Rashford, Ronaldo, Pogba, Fernandez, and Alanga. And only Alanga in that one, he's going to be the one who does all that dirty work. He's going to be the one making the off-the-ball runs. He, he's going to be the one trying to drag the play around and all the other players are waiting. Give me the ball. I want to be the hero. And it doesn't work. The balance is all wrong. You can get away with maybe one or two and you need the others to be like Matic and Alanga running around, even Fred to an extent running around, making the space so that those players can flourish. Is that, is that one of the bigger issues that we're seeing at the moment? Because we can say one thing about, um, um, Rangnick at the moment is that we are dominating the play a little bit more than what we were we're just not doing, you know, Atletico Madrid give us all the ball and we didn't do anything with it Watford rapped for us to have all the ball and we don't do anything with it, we're having the ball we're dominating the possession numbers but we're not actually dominating the play and that, is that a fair assessment, you know, to say that the balance is wrong with the players, you're not having enough players willing to do the work off the ball in order for the players who, who have got the quality to shine
1: well, I think the, the balance of the, the whole squad at Manchester United is, is is wrong. To be honest, the wrong, too many of the wrong players, too many of the the wrong players with the with the with the wrong mentality to play for a club of the stature of Manchester United, and maybe just some of them who are just winging it at this moment in time, hoping that they can remain invisible and not get found out, but still be at a club like Manchester United. Yeah. There's an old. There was an old saying in football, and every club would use it. it, doesn't matter what level, what division you're in, in football, and more so, I felt it when I went to Manchester United, because of how everything changed for me, and the physical and mental side of it, of playing games, I was, you play games for QPR, when I was at Fulham, and you go out there, and you just play, you have the odd few big games, local games, where you raise yourself, when you played a bigger team. Every game was a big game for United, yeah. It took me a while to get used to it. I started getting in I started my first season, I was having hamstring problems. I wouldn't have known what hamstring problem was. I just initially thought it was cramped. I thought I'd get through it. Didn't do myself any favour, that my naivety, but I wanted to play. But what what the thing is, is that the saying was, and I think even um Sir Alex would have said it a lot during his time, even if he didn't say it like that, he'd say it another way. You have to win win your battle, win your battles to win the war. Yeah. And there's not enough players who want to do that. Like you say, for the moment that kicks off, they want to go in exhibition mode. They want to do their own thing. And you can't do that because everybody wants to beat you. And now, I think it's even more so now, teams want to, have got an opportunity to beat Manchester United and they want to go and grab it because people will talk about them winning the game. No one's going to mention, but this is mostly one of the worst Manchester United teams ever squads since Sir Alex retired, that won't get mentioned. It's just there in black and white or on, sorry, on people's phones or tablets about them winning. And that's what people looking at. They're, they're seeing it as easy. They know that Paul Pogba, if you if you try and win the ball off of him, don't don't stress yourself out. You'll get another opportunity because you will always have that extra touch. You'll yeah. always try to hold it a little bit longer to prove a point trying to win a foul rather than be proactive and try and help the team. It's all too many individuals at this moment in time. And so, who? So I mean, I don't know, you know, this roll forward, 12 months, we could be doing the same thing again on the 28th of February, Wayne. Oh, yeah. talk, talk, talking like this about Manchester United. But it is not going to, going to change until what happens upstairs changes and you and the club decides to become a football club again and the priority is about believing that what they can get if they get it right on the pitch, they will get even more off the pitch. It yeah. doesn't matter how much you're getting now; it's slowly deteriorating because of what's happening on the pitch. Is living off, you know, a show business signing. It's not about a football team. The football team is not encouraging anyone to really support it. And if you're talking about overseas support, over a lot of the overseas in Asia, is about winning games and winning trophies. And Mm -hmm. that's that's how how it's played. And after living out in that region for eight years, I've got a better idea of most and how it works. The fact of they, they just believe in wins. And if you're winning regularly, they will slowly turn and support and they will spend money. And if that's how the club are looking at it, then they're losing money because the team are not, are not getting near winning trophies. So the most positive way is, is to become a football club again. The priority is to get the right person in to manage and let them manage, let the manager choose the players that he wants to work with, players with a bit of fight in them. And it doesn't have to be big names to sell shirts. It has to be a team that is successful yeah. and you get people supporting the team, not individuals and just following around an individual. Following yeah. a team, and that's and that's one
2: thing that is needed. No, you're absolutely right, and I, I think you mentioned John McGinn before, and he's just. I, I'm not saying John McGinn's the player, but you need two or three John McGinns in this team. Basically, you need the ones who are going to pick up the spade and do the work, rather than the ones just waiting to. Literally, what we've already said, um, they're beating the flogging the dead horse with that one, but but sometimes it needs to be said when you've watched it go. Like it did again, and you just seen the players do what they always do, and think, "Flipping Egg, these guys humiliated you in in November. Watford humiliated you. you. You can't blame the manager. You can't blame him this time for sure. You've got to go out there and put the um, put the ball in the net." I, I I made a comment on on Twitter about Ronaldo after the game, Paul and. And I think it got misconstrued. The reason why... and In fact, let me just come to Patrick's comments before I go on to Ronaldo because he's posted three comments here I want to come to. Um, Morning, Patrick. Hope you're doing well. He says, good morning. Picking up on Paul's point about players believing they've arrived despite achieving little in terms of silverware. Do United overpay on salaries impacting their hunger? Mo Salah earns less than certain inconsistent players that we seem to bend over backwards to keep do we indulge players too easily Paul easy one that yes or no yes yes
1: oh oh without <laughs> a doubt and, and, and to be honest I, I when I signed for United I could have signed I could have signed I could have signed for more for a team in London yeah I, I could have done that to stay in London I could have still lived in the area where I you know where I kind of spent, I, I was, spent a lot of time in where I'm living now and I could have stayed here and stayed in London but I didn't because I wanted when you know when it was I went I, you know I was sitting there talking to the team and the manager and I went and I jumped jumped in the car and went straight up to Manchester and it wasn't about money why I signed not in a million years and they are overindulging players with money and new contracts why you, you want people to be hungry you don't you just don't want people they're earning good money anyway. What difference is another five maybe some what what difference is ten grand gonna make to your lifestyle if you, It's not gonna really gonna make a difference if you're only really up up there already. There's only so many houses and cars you can buy, but it's just about what what you want to get out of it what is your what is your after What are you thinking about? what's your ego saying to you? Go out there and give it everything for a big club and if it fails, you can always go back. But people will respect you because you tried.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick also, I mean, we did already cover this earlier, but Patrick says I very rarely see our defenders deal with stuff, e.g., boot into Rose there, rather than supposedly trying to be too clever and play out from the back. Yeah. We, that's the stuff that we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. Just quickly on Ronaldo, Paul. Um, obviously, he, what I saw against Madrid wasn't very clever. Yeah, it's kind of a continuation of a trend that whenever the ball goes forward and it comes back, Ronaldo sort of, it doesn't, it's not even a jog, it's, it's sort of like a very slow walk back to the play. And he's always sort of, he hangs around six or six, seven yards behind the defenders and then he's sort of like very, very slowly coming back into into line. So he's onside. But by that time, we've already got the ball and we're, you can see the People are looking forward for it, but they can't play a forward pass because Johnny Ronaldo stood twenty yards offside, and the play is slowed down by um, by twenty to thirty seconds every single time. Now, obviously, his timing and running and everything like that is great. I just I look at him and I think when when he's throwing the the toys out of the pram or when he's frustrated or when he storms off the pitch and he's not applauding and everything like that, I can almost tolerate that more than this disinterested version. Do you know what I mean? Because now, like, and if Ronaldo's disinterested, if he's not got the hunger, something's definitely wrong because what he's saying is, I don't trust the players around me to to put the ball on the plate for me. You know, they're not going to create the chances. I'm not absolving him, Paul. I'm not saying that he's not to blame because obviously, he's also had some chances that he should have taken and and sometimes, you know, he looks like a 37-year-old um, even though he's supremely fit as he is. Like, let's say he looks like a normal 34-year-old or a normal 33-year-old. He's a bit leggy. He's not the same player that he was. I just wonder, do you think that when he signed for United this season, that there's, there was this perception put around us that we finished second and we signed Varane and we signed Sancho and that maybe even Solskjaer tried to talk this up to him, that we were in a position where we were going to ta- challenge for the title. And then he's sort of come into us and then all of a sudden he's found wow, these wingers can't cross me the ball. You know, we've got fullbacks who can't take a corner, you know, like Fernandez is the, the main creator, but even he gets a little bit rash sometimes. I know Fernandez to Ronaldo was a has been a fairly profitable route of goal, but not as profitable as you would want. You know, Pogba's got a lot of talent, but my God, like he doesn't he waste a lot of time. Do you think that he's he was Condal, not Cond, he was sold on a different reality, and I mean, maybe we were sold a different Ronaldo as well, but I think that, you know, if you put Ronaldo in a City team, City create loads of chances, I still reckon he'd probably get another 10 goals, and, what- and he still scored like 15 goals for us, I reckon you've got Ronaldo on 25 or 30 at City, you'd probably get a few at Liverpool, probably a few at, at Chelsea as well, but at United, where you don't have and I say that, and yet we still created the chances on, on Saturday, so maybe I'm, I'm talking complete crap. Um, Paul, where, where do you stand on that? Because, I mean, he, it's a different thing when Ronaldo looks frustrated to when he looks unbothered, mm-hmm. and he looked, he's yeah. starting to look unbothered.
1: Well, I look at it first of all and ask a question, and I don't think it can be... It can't be answered. Only the, only the people in the right position can answer it. Did, did Ali want to sign him? That's one question. Yeah, that's yeah, the, the, the other one is did Man City really want him? Did Pep Guardiola really want a Ronaldo in his in his squad? And he's with his squad of hundred percent disciplined players who would do what they told. They all work hard for each other. No one walks anywhere. Mm. I think Grealish has had issues, and that's the reason why Grealish is not is hasn't been playing a bit. I think yeah, the injury I think so. side of it is maybe a, a little bit of a a little bit of a smoke screen. There's, there's been issues with him. Um, and you look at it, you, t- you can't tell me one-man City player who you'd question You'd question him about wanting to be there. Just by the way they play. Pep Pep Guardiola, everything he does, even when he had his great Barcelona team, they never stopped working. Ronaldo mm. would not have fitted into that. They, did, they didn't need to bring in a superstar. They, they made, they, they've made superstars.
2: Yeah. De Bruyne.
1: Made, he makes them, He makes players better. Ronaldo is a player who he couldn't he couldn't make better because he was always something. Said so he was going downwards He was he wouldn't have been a player they would have signed. So I believe the myth about Man City wanting him and United. I think that was a myth. I yeah. think that was made that was made up to make the whole thing the package even better. Um, when we talk about Ronaldo about crosses, Manchester United don't cross balls. Luke Shaw doesn't cross balls, it's all little balls into feet, you're talking about two inverted wingers, they, they always want to play they don't look to cross the ball, Rashford just dribbles and dribbles, some takes the ball off of him and then he walks back on the other side, we talk about Sancho very similar, very rarely crosses it but which he did cross a lot of the ball when he was playing in the Bundesliga and then we talk about Ronaldo playing and you said about him walking back that says a lot really about the way it's been, it's the old saying, if he doesn't score, you ask yourself what you're getting from him. And that's what it is about at the moment in time. The problem is, there's people out there who are, who are being too sentimental about the whole situations. There's people out there which you see on Twitter. If you don't like Ronaldo, don't follow me. Don't support my team. Sorry. It's about opinions. And the opinion is at the moment, is that if he doesn't score, what are you getting from him? You can You can relate to anybody center four forwards number nine. If if they're working hard, Sparky went through a few bad patches. Yeah. You'd never question Sparky's commitment, desire, and application for a game of football. Yeah, you know, in, in Sparky was one of them ones. If, if if something was there to be won, and his nan was in front of it, he would tackle for his nan to get that ball to make a goal or to score a goal. Yeah. So that. So. It's not about the that but it's about what he's doing to help the team. If he's not scoring, is he encouraging people? People are saying, "Give Ronaldo the armband." What is it? Give him the armbands for another PR stunt or something, or yeah. give him the armband because he's going to help the likes of Elanga, the, the young players. He's going to encourage them. No, he's not going to encourage players. He's going to get frustrated with himself when, when like at the weekend, he missed that there was one that he, that hit the post. When yeah. maybe he should have got, he should have got a better contact. His reaction then was to stop, put his hands on his head, and I'm going to say this, have a camera moment, while the play's going back up the other end. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, that's the bit. So people have got to understand now, there is no, and it was said by, by the manager himself, I mean, the, the proper manager, um, was that you can't have sentiment in football. In theory yeah. you can't you can't be sentimental you have to look at it look at it as real and what's going on now and Ronaldo is not helping the, the, not helping United in the way he's playing because you want someone to play off and like you say the players are looking for him and he's he's after something he's five six yards in an offside position yeah. that's not helping the team get no. goal side and have your rest then it's old stuff old school but a strong manager someone who is actually there in black and white, as a manager on the top of his head will say, "Get goal side because we might recover the ball back quick and then go to attack," and and it's simple. And with all the experience he's got, you know, he doesn't he's not he doesn't help him. So some people, when when this is when people see this, and someone might even write it up somewhere as it usually does, that is that is the truth of it. And I always say to people if you if you want ronaldo if you want manchester united to go forward as a team and be what they were what they should be I should say and compete with city chelsea and liverpool then ronaldo is not the person to take the club forward the club have to look beyond that and have mm. to maybe go backwards a little bit to go forwards in that sense bring in a younger center forward someone who needs to learn or something yeah. but you can't keep because he's not a center forward and he's the, dropping the...
2: off the other thing, Paul. Sorry to interrupt. Is that even if he was at his best, the amount of building that United have got, he's still thirty-seven. He's going to be thirty-eight, thirty-nine. You can't build. You can't build your future around that. And yeah. you know, at best, if he's going to be around, he's he, he's going to be what? He's going to be the best thirty-eight-year-old. But he's still going to need to put all the other places to at that point. You're compensating for him on you at that point. And yeah. I don't I don't know. I look at this United team and I think you know Shanko there is he's made, he's made a comment could have played Langer or Mella off off Ronaldo um this instead of Ronaldo this season yeah we could have done that um I don't know if they if either of them obviously Alanger sort of come in um really recently under Rangnick you yeah, more, it's, more than... it's,
1: it's, the, it's the movement Wayne it's that yeah. movement that makes a difference yeah. and shift people about and you you're talking about Watford with the centre-halves was Samir and Ka- Craig Kafka. Yeah. And both of them got shifted around a little bit by Mateta, who's in there, who Mateta's not a very good centre-forward, but he calls them problems. And yeah. just sheer pace of movement. And you don't have to be a great centre-forward, but I'll tell you what, anyone who moves around causes centre-halves a problem, especially static centre-halves, which Watford had. Now, we, let's put it this way. We've seen Harry Maguire... When he gets people moving around, and he doesn't have to be up a great up against a great centre centre forward, a big name, mm. just any kind of movement. somebody threatens to go in behind Harry Maguire is on his back foot. He's on his heels. He's panicking. He's he, he doesn't know whether to hold or to drop. There are questions you want to ask, and by asking those questions, you're affecting and somewhere else, who someone else might get the joy of it. At the yeah. moment, Ronaldo's not. How many times have we seen him trying to go one against one? He pushes it to the side. People nick in front of him and take it away. They couldn't have done that before. And as fit as he is, the football now is different. Yeah. There's a way to play as a 37-year-old, but you're not going to be able to do those things you did before. So you adapt your game.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't think... He hasn't adapted his game that way. as the way, say, Ibrahimovic had. In that yeah. sense, of the way he played. He yeah. played it. He was supposed to be in a But he, he knew... His, he He, he realised his strengths and weaknesses, so he... He just played to his strengths of what he knew. And Ronaldo hasn't done that. And his way should be to focus on demanding the ball to be in the box. Telling people. He goes around saying deliver and waving his arms, the same as, again, I use his name, Sparky used to do with Andre. Sparky used to go mad at Andre because Andre would go to cross and then cut in and then go back. And Sparky used to go across and say things to him. And then Andre would deliver. But if if you're going to use him, and I think... The present coach, interim manager, consultant—that's all the different titles he's got. He should, he should, he should see that. And I'm—I haven't got his background. I haven't got his CV in coaching. But yeah. if you can, he's going to be just keep crossing it. And if—and all of a sudden, then you'll find that once you start crossing it, teams will drop back into that because they're worried about Ronaldo's movement. And then that might allow Fernandez or Pogba to get more space in that in that attacking third, but more opportunities to shoot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Patrick says, um, to be fair to Ronaldo, I think Cavani's sick notes and losing Greenwood means we're a little exposed. If we had the option, we could give him a rest for a few games. Maybe. I, I do think when you look at um, the weekend as well, um, that he's a convenient scapegoat. Is a, a convenient excuse. Like Everyone's going to look at Ronaldo. We are. We're giving him like the spotlight. And we're going to talk about him and we're going to criticise him as we have done. Um, but yeah. You're quite right. You've got these other factors as well. And we've talked about that, you know, Cavani not being there. This this idea, I mean, Shanko mentioned it earlier. Um, These other players, they've also talked about a changing system, all that sort of stuff. And it's just one of a multitude of problems that United have got. And obviously, because they're so reliant on Ronaldo in terms of, not not his goals, but in terms of like he's the only centre forward that United have got, even though, like you've said, Paul, he's not really a a traditional centre forward, that... Um, that's the hole that United find them in. One of many holes, I should say. Um, before we wrap up, let's talk about the City game. We have talked about things that give us a lot to learn about, um, Paul. Um, I, you look at this United team, people are saying they've improved. They're having the ball and plenty of shots. It's like a slightly less dull version of Louis van Gaal's football, which I, I can get on board with because, yeah, at least we are having I mean, shots where we're trying to control the game in the way that Van Gaal did, and it's not as boring as that. But it's not a high bar. And I, I I think these next few games that you've got, City in particular, and they're a very convenient opponent for this, it's going to tell us a lot. I know you say, oh, well, Watford would tell us a lot. You know, like, would we learn something from the Brighton game? And we the, the fact is, we've come on this podcast every week, so we still don't know about this United team, even though the answers are getting... Progressively more depressing because they're not convincing against City. These players have got a lot again to answer for, not least because of the the result in the autumn. But we now have to look: is this a functional team that's improved under Van Gaal or under Rangnick? Are they going to control the game in the same way that they have been doing the other ones, without a cutting edge, or is it going to be a team that? plays even worse than it did on the previous manager because yes we can look at the autumn and we can look at those um, terrible games but we can also look at the fact that Solskjaer had a pretty good record at City he had a pretty good record in big games there's a big grey area there where I think these players I mean we we've come on this show we've even said it in this one I think the players have exposed themselves we know all about them now but this is another one of those games, isn't it, where the players have no... There's no grey area for them. There's no hiding place. They're going to find out all about them.
1: Yeah. And after watching what Everton tried to do against City at the weekend and just sit back and hope... Yeah. And sometimes you reap what you sow, don't you, if you do that in a certain way. And Everton mm-hmm. tried it. It was, their, you know, the fans went... You know, the fans suddenly went into the mode of we're playing against Liverpool and it suddenly got very, very nasty and hostile. Um... Yes, it should have been a penalty, but at the end of the day, they didn't deserve at Everton
2: mm. in that
1: sense of the way what the way they tried to play. And only did have a, a good record against them. You know, he, he did okay, but there was no point in beat, just worrying about beating City because it wasn't what a football season's about. Mm. You know, if it was, then Man United would be sitting with more Premier League titles if it was just about beating City. Mm. But I just see it as a little bit different that this game is going to be about the fans more than anything. The fans are, are going to go there. Obviously, I don't see too many being positive. I don't see any, really. But they're going to go there, and they'll, they'll have a good go for the team, the fans will, to try and get them going and get them understanding what this game means at this moment in time. They don't want to be embarrassed at this moment in time again. So just what you see there, the nil-nil, and you're looking for creativity, and you think yourself, right, if they do get the ball what are they going to go and do or when they do get it what, what position in the park is, are they going to be and when they do retrieve the ball and yeah. you will find nine times out of ten it's that they're going to retrieve the ball in their defensive area and then yeah. they've got to try and get forward and there's that great big gap between the midfield defense and where Ronaldo's going to be and it's going to be very very difficult because then yeah. you're looking to get the ball into a center forward to hold it up Maybe earn your foul so you can shift up the park. It's going to be very difficult, but yeah. if anything, United have to score that first goal. Yeah, have to to just to get to then to get more of City, then pushing on to try and hope then that they can maybe go and get a second. You yeah. know, when I was there, I think I was there for when Martial scored at the Etihad. Yeah, okay, I'm trying to think. I think was that the league was that the league. It was the league game, yeah. Yeah, it was the league game. I mean, I was there for that. And it was a really, really solid counter-attacking away performance. You know, they got what they deserved in that game. But I think the squad in a way of kind of... What's what I'm looking for now? Honestly, and application has gone from that. That's gone away a little bit, some of that. It isn't as... That way, that bonding, what was there then in the way, has kind of disappeared. So I do worry about how this could be and if it happens too early they get dominated too early and they concede too early i just wonder about certain individuals what are they going to be like of you know what's their discipline going to be like
2: yeah absolutely um these are the big questions we'll be um picking apart next week um and that's it for this episode if you've enjoyed the show i'm sure you've enjoyed listening to us Criticize United even though we tried not to, but this is the reality of where we are. Trying to, talk. I mean, what, what can you say after you've drawn 0 0 with Watford? You've got to call the players out, you've got to talk about it. I mean, I've I've gone on record many times this season as sort of um, saying, you know, you've got to blame the owners and all that sort of stuff. Um, it is what it is. Anyway, that's it for this uh, week. If you've enjoyed, as Give us a like and subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. Give us a review on the platform you're listening on if you're listening back on the audio um, platform. Um, we'll be back next week. Stay well, stay safe.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Delivery.